It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is Joe with the Cotton Club crew. I am joined this evening with Jack, also of the Cotton Club crew. We are going to preview the game against the Baylor Bears. Um, the weekend is is finally upon us. We could finally start looking at this game more seriously. We could put the Houston game behind us, and it's Baylor time. Um, briefly, just going to kind of go over what what we think are the keys to the game and the preview itself on what Texas Tech needs to do to get into Waco and then leave Waco with another W on the on their record. But let's just kind of jump into la- what was last year's game, just to kind of get a a feel for what took place last year in Lubbock. Very very big game. Um, Mahomes, I believe that game was being honored into the Ring of Honor, the Hall of Fame, that whole nine yards. It was a big, big moment for Texas Tech and Patrick Mahomes, full full crowd and everything. And then we came and we laid an egg. Um, just to give us some just basic stats of that game, if you do not remember, ended up losing that game 45 to 17. Blake Shapin was sacked one time, threw no interceptions, clean game. Richard Reese ran the ball 36 times for 161 yards with three touchdowns. The entire entire Baylor offense rushed for 250 and four touchdowns. And then here's what our Red Raiders put out there on the offensive side. Morton 11 for 34 with one touchdown and three interceptions and three sacks. Um, The high point in the high group of the game would have been our rushing group 36 carries total for 203 yards and a touchdown 
Um, but our offense allowed six sacks and we threw five total interceptions, three um, which were coming from Baron Morton. Baylor ultimately, like I said, won that game 45 to 17. And they also dominated the time of possession going about 40 minutes to text 20 minutes in that game. So a lot to kind of build on or off of that game last year between these two squads. Obviously, these are, you know, two different squads this year. But I mean, that I'm sure that they're somewhere in the tech facility. Some of these stats are there, like, you know, um, what do they call it? Um, the billboard or not billboard, but the just just material that you have. Bulletin what, board. Bu- bulletin board material. Thank you, Jack. Bulletin board material for this team to see because it it was dominated on both sides of the ball. I mean, there's not a place where Baylor didn't kick our ass last year. So that game obviously way done for, and it can't do nothing now, but just motivate this team moving forward. So we're going to just kind of jump into it. Um, Texas Tech is going into game two with Baron Morton starting as our quarterback. Obviously, there's still question marks on his health and that shoulder's health. So, I mean, is this another one of those games where Kitley and the offense is just going to just run it, run it, run it? Um, Potentially. So, Jack, game plan-wise for this Baylor matchup, Baylor currently, their defense is giving up 188 yards a game to opposing offenses rushing attacks do you see that the offense changing for texas tech to um, moving forward in this game i think that saturday would be a great day for taj brooks to get 30 carries uh stop me if you heard this before but i'm sticking with it this week Uh, like you mentioned perfect stat baylor's giving up 180 some odd yards on the ground every week to opposing rushers that shouldn't change this week. Also with, uh, with their pretty general defensive captain ish, Mike Smith going down with that ACL injury last week against UCF. Um, one of their main linebackers is gone. So I would have said, I would have said it just based on that knowledge without knowing the 188 yards uh, that they give up every game on the ground. But now that I know both of those things, should all up to 35 carries for Taj Brooks, honestly. I, I think that they should put the ground on – the ball on the ground at least uh, – or I should say rush the ball at, at least 45 times in this game. And if they don't, then we're going to – I'm I won't be mad, but, you know, if we lose and that doesn't happen, then I'll be mad. But uh, it seems as though the game is the game layout is fairly just basic, you know. Uh, I don't think it's too complicated, and it shouldn't be, and it seems pretty straightforward at this point. So, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and win this game. You know, I'm. I agree totally with that statement. It seems the more and more that our rushing attack has been featured in the last few games, it's where they've we've all had success in those games. Yes, it doesn't necessarily correspond on the 
win loss record kind of deal. I mean, coming with that one loss to West Virginia, but you know, when we started running it against Tarleton, we saw results and a W we started running the ball against West Virginia and saw results, but we saw a loss because we abandoned the run. And then this last game, whenever we played Houston, we stayed with the run. We made them have to stop our rushing attack and we kept coming at them with waves and waves between Taj and Cameron. And, you know, they ultimately folded. Our guys made big plays and they were out there on the field doing their thing. And that's the recipe for success with this team currently. It has to be kind of all around our rushing attack. Nothing against Morton, nothing against our receivers. It's just that you have a quarterback who's still fairly new to this to this starting position and running with the ones. You have wide receivers that are still kind of struggling to create space, get open, and you sometimes you have suspect offensive line play to where our quarterback doesn't even have time to throw the ball. He's going to just take three steps back, go through the first read. It's not there. He's going to either throw it away or just try to get something on his feet. And those aren't those aren't recipes for success, especially with a quarterback who kind of is still has that lingering shoulder issue. So I I fully expect to see Kitley and company just just continue to run the ball here. I'm there with you with the 35 carries for Taj. Hell, it could be 30 carries for Taj and 15 plus for Cameron. And that's a great day in the office for me. I, I believe that if that's what we do, we own the time of possession, we get our defensive a break, and then we're able to come out, go to Waco and win a game, you know, to put us back on the on the over 500 in the Big 12 and, you know, just another one of those, like we've we've said in previous recordings before, just stacking, stacking wins. You know, it just starts with one win and then you start getting on a roll and our offense starts clicking and things start happening. Ball starts going near way. And, you know, you know, all bets are off at those points in times. But I believe I truly believe in order for this team to be successful, that we need to run the ball. That's just it. We need to run the ball. And whenever we have are forced to make the, the passes there, make the smart passes, the check downs, use the tight ends, use a running back coming out of the backfield. You know, don't put so much on Barron's shoulders. Not saying Barron can't handle it because I believe he has all the tools to handle it. But he still, like I've said, is new to this. He is so new. Just kind of ease him in. Don't just throw him into the woodshed. Because that's how you get players hurt. And then nobody, I mean, I don't know many people who are wanting to see Strong just yet. Or if they were ever planning on seeing Strong, you know. So just having said that, I think Kitley just needs to kind of take the ball away from Barron and give it to our horses in the back and just let them work. And then let Barron, you know, just ride it into cruise control for the win or to having a productive offensive day there. So we'll kind of see what happens there moving forward on the, on Saturday evening as far our as far as our offense goes, but I do think that we're going to start um, using this run this this run game to our advantage and you know taking advantage of things um, for our offense you know to get our defense below there. Um, Jack jumping onto the defensive side. Um, if you look at Baylor and what they've put up offensively, I mean it's nothing that is jumping off the stat sheet. I mean, I believe they're only 
averaging about 24 points a game, um, not not Shapin and Sawyer Sawyer Robertson because he had to play for Shapin whenever he was recovering from that MCL injury. They're not necessarily throwing the ball all over the yard, but they still do have a running back over there named Richard Reese who gashed us up last year. So going into our defensive side of the ball, what do you think needs to be done for our defense to be successful and to should come off that shellacking from last year that this offense put on our defense? So my thoughts for this game, I was kind of looking ahead prior to the Houston game. And my thoughts were pretty subdued. I didn't really think this game would give us a problem. And then I found out that Blake Shapin came back last week. And then I saw Baylor come back against UCF last week. And I don't care if it's UCF or whoever it was. It was a great comeback win that they had last week. So props to them. I... want to say that you want to load the box almost and kind of play a fool me once, you know, shame on me, fool me twice or shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me or whatever. But I I don't know. I, I, at this point, if it was still Sawyer Robertson at the helm of this offense, I would say put seven to eight guys in the box on every play and make them beat you deep. But we know that Blake Shapin can beat you deep. So I think you just have to play a very fundamentally sound game in this one. I think you're going to have to mix up your looks, which Tim DeRuder likes to do already. So that shouldn't be an issue. I think you're going to have to, you know, fake blitz from some sides, roll with the others, uh, get some stunts from the linebackers coming through. And I think really this game kind of depends on the ebbs and flows, right? I think that, once Tim Druder gets in his gets in his play calling groove, granted last week it took him a whole half to do that, but once you get in the zone, I, I think that you'll be all right. Again, you mentioned nothing wows you off paper. I would agree with that. However, I would also agree with the fact that Blake Shapin has really only been a factor in two in really one and a half games. Uh so I'm really not interested in having him put Tech as another highlight on his reel again. The same thing goes with Richard Reese, though. I think that you're going to just... I, I feel like the way you beat this team is playing a very fundamentally sound game. If you tackle well, uh, you, you don't let them escape contain on the pass rush. Uh, I think you, you keep your gaps... You know, don't don't lose your guys in coverage. No miscommunications. I think you do all those things like you're supposed to do. I mean, we're at we're at the college level at this point. You shouldn't be starting at a D1 level if you can't do all of these things. So I think you play a fundamentally sound game, and I think everything else falls into place. Uh, the one thing I would say is if you start getting gashed early, uh, you would hope for some of the same halftime adjustments that you got last week but just be able to keep it close, which I think you can do. Like I said, I don't think this defense, this defense doesn't impress me uh, on their side very much. So I think it's very possible this could be a shootout. 
But I also think that if the defense steps it up and continues to play like they did in the second half against Houston, uh, I liked what you said earlier. You know, if you do everything, if you do everything that you're supposed to do and you do everything right, I think you should easily win this game by two scores. Yeah, you know, last year, if anybody watched that game or for any period of time, watched some of that game, because I'm sure at some point in time, you just got so pissed off, you turned it off. Um, If you saw the main, main issues with this defense was was setting the edge. And I think they've come out and said it plenty of times that we didn't set the edge. There's a couple times where Reese and or the other running backs there um, were kind of there in the middle of the field, they got bunched up and then they were able to break it outside just because, you know, we didn't set the edge. And that's where the, ultimately they gashed us at. I mean, we just, I mean, it's just like you said, just play fundamental football. I mean, obviously, you know, making tackles and wrapping up, these are fundamentals of the game, right? Um, Staying in your lane, staying in your gap, setting the edge, fundamental. And, you know, just not shooting yourself in the foot. Fundamental. To your point, everything that Tech did wrong last year against Baylor was definitely fixable. You know, it wasn't like, oh, hell, I, I just don't have the horses to do it. No, it's you had the horses. You just didn't have them staying in their lane. And that, like I said, that ultimately cost you this game and just, you know, had 60,000-plus people pissed off you know, collectively, well, maybe not 60,000, maybe Baylor had a few fans there, but about 58,000 fans, you know, who were there to see this, this um, ceremony for Patrick Mahomes and the ring of honor, the hall of fame, all of that stuff. And you, like I said, you just lay an egg. So all of the things that, that killed that tech defense last year are all things that are fixable to, to learn off of for this year, because I guarantee you, the Baylor coaches had gone to that tape to see what they did right against this tech defense. And that's what they did. Yes. We'll, we'll have some more help on our defensive front. I believe due to banks is, is traveling and he will suit up for this game, which is a huge deal for this, for the defensive front, you know, just another rotational rotation player who could actually, you know, spell um, Hutchings and Bradford at any given point in time and not having that significant of a fall off in production, that's massive. And then as we've talked about in previous podcasts before, our linebacker group, though very young, they are gelling and they are getting better on a week-to-week basis. Now, I don't know how far some of these true freshmen have already burned their red shirt and they're, they're going to be playing for the rest of the year on the linebacker side, but Ben Roberts has been consistently getting better Every time he runs out on the field for a linebacker, Josiah Pierre's getting healthy. I mean, he was banged up a lot. Dingle's been getting a lot of playing time there in the linebacker group as a true freshman. And these guys are just making plays. Obviously, we need to get some rush on shaping. We do need to stay in those lanes. We do need to get him down to the ground. But, you know, collectively as a defense and what, Baylor's offense is bringing to the table it's not something that I don't think we're not prepared for so I do expect DeRuiter to have a great game plan um, knowing exactly how last year played out also knowing what didn't go right last year 
And those things are probably things that were keyed on in practice all this week. So I expect to see a different Texas Tech defense in Waco this this Saturday. And we'll just kind of we'll kind of see what happens. But I do I do feel that on paper, this tech defense has all the makings to stop what whatever Baylor throws out against us. They don't have many wide receivers that are necessarily deep ball threats. I mean, they do go and get the ball, but collectively they have three guys that have between 12 and 15 catches on the year. Nothing crazy. Um, they do have a tight end. I believe his last name is Dabney. He's a bigger tight end. This is a guy that this defense would need to, you know, watch in closer in the red zone areas. Big kid, 6'4". He's got three touchdown receptions on the year. They do utilize some of their tight end play. He is one of their leading receivers on that team. And then he does have the most touchdown receptions for the Baylor football team as well. So that's a player to watch on the Baylor side other than Shapin and, and Reese there. I just keep an eye on Dabney, which is their tight end. So ending on, on the defense side there, let's go into a player to watch. Jack, on the defensive side, who is your player to watch for this Tech football team who you expect to have a big game and to be a big contributor um, for this Saturday's, this Saturday's game? I'm going to go with a guy that's really impressed me so far this season, and he did not start and was kind of thrown into the fire and has done a fantastic job. And I'm going to go with Ben Roberts. Uh, Ben Roberts has been absolutely outstanding this year. He's filled in for Jacob Rodriguez while he's been hurt. And I think you might agree with me on this. I think that he's done enough to really actually make it a conversation when Rodriguez comes back about who gets more of the, who gets more of the playing time. You know, I, I think that, I think that Ben Roberts is truly a budding star in this in this defense, and I think he's going to be a mainstay in this defense for a very long time. Uh, don't get me wrong. Will it be great if Jacob Rodriguez comes back next week against Kansas State? Yes, we miss him sorely. We miss the leadership. Uh, but Ben Roberts has been nothing less than serviceable at his worst. So, and he's been exceptional at his best. So I think if anything, this Jacob Rodriguez injury for the coaching staff, at least might've been a blessing in disguise, uh, not bad enough to end Rodriguez's season. Thank God. Uh, but also good enough to find out that you have some real run and some very, a very, very high ceiling and a linebacker in Ben Roberts that um, maybe not everyone was really quite aware of. Uh, but, I mean, Joe, I'll be damned. We, we're we aware of it now, you know? So I think that um, I'm expecting a big game from Ben Roberts. I think that he's going to be in, in around the action quite a bit. Uh, had a pick. You know, so I, I, I just last week, so I think that uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't even remember now. My days are starting to run together, but um, I'm really excited to see what he does in this game. And I, and I think he'll play well. Yeah. Ben Roberts is, is slowly 
not slowly. I mean, he's been growing on me since he he's been inserted in that defensive linebacking core. And like I said, he's taken advantage of every opportunity that has been given to him. And yes, I I'm a hundred percent with you that I think when Rodriguez is back to one hundred percent or at least back to seeing the playing field. I mean, that that discussion should happen, and rightfully so, because I think Ben's earned that that discussion to happen. And But that's not a bad thing necessarily either. That means we could slow play getting Rodriguez back on the field. And now what happens if you get a healthy Rodriguez and a healthy Ben Roberts? If Ben Roberts needs a blow, throw Rodriguez in there, and you're, we're, everybody's happy with that. And vice versa, when Rodriguez needs a blow, send Ben Roberts in there. I mean, that's just that's just great about having that kind of depth there with a young guy who is consistently getting better on a week to be week basis. And then a guy who's the the I wouldn't say the heartbeat, but I mean, he's the captain. He makes the calls, getting people lined up. I mean, that's just another piece to that defensive side of the ball that DeRuder could count on. And if you have two linebackers now like that. That's a win for this tech defense altogether. My um the last year, not trying to go back to last year, but between Kosi and Krishan, I believe they totaled like 24 tackles between both of them last year. That could all be because of how the game was played. And, you know, they were put under fire for, you know, 40 minutes of the game there. Or it could be because they were just flying around and making plays. I mean, it could you could look at it in a bunch of different ways, but between our linebacking group last year, they had about 25, 26 tackles on the game. And I expect our linebackers to be making a lot of plays this game. Um, ben Roberts, I could totally agree with you there. I myself am looking at a Miles Cole. His name hasn't been said a whole, whole lot. I mean, it's been said, but it's not been said like, everybody kind of had hoped for kind of like a Steve Linton kind of guy. Um, I'm expecting him because, you know, with tech not being able to set the edge last year against the run, I'm fully expecting there to be a change on DeRuder's side. And I'm, I'm really feeling that Miles Cole is going to take that next step to setting that edge, making some plays in the backfield, making, you know, shaping a little bit, shaken back there whenever he's taking a step to to make a pass but my player to watch and I believe is going to make an impact on this game is going to be Miles Cole um big game for this defensive front coming off of what happened to them last year but I do expect Miles Cole's to make some plays Ben Roberts is a great player and it's hard not to to discredit anything that you just said about him Jack because he has earned everything that he's been given and he has not given it up because you know how it is. You throw a red shirt freshman in there. The expectations kind of aren't high for you, right? They're like, well, if you mess up, we'll just bring in another freshman and then on to the next. And then you're, you're neck, you're just, you're just old news essentially. But ever since Ben Roberts has taken the field, he has seized that opportunity and he has made the best of it. So um, great pick with the Ben Roberts there, Jack. And I'm going with Miles Cole. Jumping over onto the offensive side of the ball. I know Taj Brooks is probably going to be the fancy pick there. But on the offensive side of the ball, who are you looking at, particularly in this game, um, to make some plays for this Texas Tech offense? 
I'll go off the beaten path because I think Taj Brooks would kind of be a, a pretty easy pick. That's the sexy pick. That's the easy sexy pick. Yeah, I won't. I'll I'll let you do that. I kind of I feel like I kind of took your defensive pick, so I'll uh, I'll go off a little bit, and I'm gonna go with Mason Tharp. I have been screaming this. I have been shouting this from the rooftops for a while. I think that with this game, you have the opportunity to run Taj Brooks 35 times. I stick by that. I also think if you run Taj Brooks 35 times, that all of a sudden you hit some play action and things start to develop and start to open up pretty massively. And I think that Mason Tharp is a matchup nightmare for anyone that has a brain. And I think that if you're not throwing the ball to him at least five times a game, that shit needs to change. So with that being said, I think that with Morton still having some shoulder issues, not being able to throw that super deep ball without some pain. I like the 10 to 15 yard variety off of a play action to a larger tight end. It makes a lot of sense. And who better to throw it to than your six foot nine tight end that towers over quite literally everyone on the field. Uh, I, I think that that's again, a no brainer. And if you're not, if we're not doing this at this point, I, I don't know what else it's going to take for, for these tight ends to get some love. We did, we had it one game and it was, and it was glorious. Um, but I just don't know what else you could really ask for. And I truly think that this would be the perfect game to do it. Uh, again, we mentioned in the, uh, in the opening Baylor's down, um, uh, linebacker, one of their main linebackers for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. I don't know if there would be a better game to really just throw this into effect. And if it works this game, I don't know why you can't use it against Kansas State and for the rest of the games of the year, really. So, please, I'm trying to manifest this. If you can't tell, I'm trying to manifest this. So, uh, I'm going to go with Mason Tharp. He will be open. He'll be available to throw it to. Um, Just use him. The kid's massive. Matchup nightmare. It saves Morton's arm from throwing that extra deep ball that's going to, you know, be uncomfortable for him. Let's use the tight ends. Let's use Mason Tharp. Let's win this ball game. I'm there with you on the usage of Mason Tharp. I'm there with you on the linebacker who kind of got the defense for Baylor set being gone now. So now you're having to rely on somebody else to kind of make those calls and to your point there's usually never anybody bigger than mason tharp on the field when he's on the field that's just plain and simple he's six nine you don't miss guys like that it's just like seeing randy johnson on a baseball mound you know you're just not going to ever see guys that large on the field and you need to utilize them 
That's just plain and simple. Um, the pick itself for Mason Tharp is, like you said, um, you're manifesting it. If you'd like me to, I could light a candle for Mason Tharp, you know, just to fully manifest this into, you know, utilizing him, him utilizing him in our offense because it's a, it's a matchup nightmare. It, at anywhere on the field, it's just a matchup nightmare. And to your point as well, you know, you don't want to – we don't know the extent of uh, Barron's arm, so you just kind of want to save what you could save. And, you know, those 5- to 15-yard passes there and having a, a, line, a tight end that big running across the field is just – is massive. That's a massive guy you could hit. You could throw a little bit high because, you know, he has the wingspan and he could go up and get it. So um, love the pick there. I am not actually going with the sexy pick here of our running back room because I think that's still too easy because that is essentially our bread and butter. This is what our our, our offense is probably going to be mained around those two guys in the backfield. But I'm going to go collectively on our offensive front. Those five guys up front from left to right, I'm going to collectively say that they need to play, you know, collectively better, which they have been not discrediting what they've done, but you know, you're starting to see them gelling, especially whenever we're running the ball, getting to pulling, you know, leading the way, getting to the second level and making it easier for the Taj Brooks and the Cam Valdez's of the world to utilize um, that space in the open, you know, we all saw what Cam's capable of doing in the open field, making people miss. We all know what happens when Taj gets the ball and he's met. He's not coming down usually 99.9% of the time with some little arm tackle. You're going to have to gang tackle this guy to get him down to the ground. So my, my offensive players to watch this game is going to be our offensive line, how they hold up, how they do – you know, as far as our running game goes and how much time they are able to give Morton back there to make those kinds of passes that we were just talking about. So our front five collectively are going to have a great game. And I foresee if this, if, you know, we get the Tharp involved, we already know we're going to run the ball and our offensive line does what it's supposed to do. And, you know, doesn't necessarily shoot itself in the foot. I believe we run away with this game in upwards of two scores or more. So that's where I'm going to kind of leave that at that. I think that's where we need to focus on everybody who's in that running game, which is our offensive line and our running back room to make that fully successful. Blocks downfield are great. Our wide receivers are great. They just need to make the plays whenever they're given the opportunity to make the play and to keep this offensive moving. So that kind of leaves our players of the game or our players to watch offense and defensive side of the ball. So Jack coming to the end of this podcast, let's go prediction time. Obviously we know what happened last year. Obviously this is a new year. Obviously these are two different teams this year. Tech kind of, you know, roller coaster season. Baylor's kind of on that same, same, same path of up and down, losing that game early on to Texas State, losing a close game against Utah, and then you know ultimately coming back last week they were down I think it was twenty five points in the fourth quarter and they scored twenty six to win the game 
at Central Florida. So a lot of up and down. As Tech fans, we could relate. It's just one of those things that happens in football and in sports in general. But what are you feeling how this game plays out and how it ends on the scoreboard, Jack? I think both teams are coming in hot. Probably the best either team has felt all season. With that being said, both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries as well. Baylor lucky enough to get their starter back now. But losing big-time linebacker out for the year. Don't get me wrong, I respect Richard Reese, and I think he's a very good running back. I just think Taj Brooks is better. Um, I think that Mason Tharp and Baylor Cup, Jaden York and Henry Teeter are all better than Drake Dabney. Um, You can disagree, that's fine. Uh, Even if you want to say that he's better than Jaden York and uh, Henry Teeter, then I can still take that Mason Tharp is be- and Baylor Cup are better than Drake Dabney. I think the only thing that can lose you this game is mental mistakes and beating yourself. I truly think that Tech should walk into the toilet seat, as I like to call their stadium, because it's shaped like a toilet seat, and win by three scores. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but I think they win by at least a touchdown and a field goal. I think they win by 10. I just... Looking at this game, and I think you and I can both agree on this. Looking at this game, I feel like it would take an idiot to screw this up on the offensive game plan. And I just think that this defense got made such a 180 at halftime last week that I don't expect them to be put in a rut or, you know, have that mental lapse back to back weeks. I just don't see it happening. So I'll go out on a limb here. I'll say, I'll say that tech wins by 11. I'll say that tech wins 42 to 31 on the road. I think it's a little bit higher, higher scoring than you'd like on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but I think that they might score a touchdown, maybe even a field goal as well in some garbage time scores. Uh, I, I think that by about halfway through the fourth quarter, this game's pretty much got a nail in the coffin. Again, there's always that disclaimer, right? Uh, but I truly think that it would take a very poor offensive game plan and a very poor, probably the worst play calling effort of the season to mess this one up. And, and I'm talking about even worse than West Virginia to mess this up. So I think tech wins 42 to 31. 
I think that West Virginia gets a couple of garbage time scores to make it closer than the score uh, or make the score closer than the game really is. Uh, but in all reality, Tech should win this game by three scores comfortably. Yeah, I'm not quite as high of a score uh, scoring game, but I mean, it, it has happened in the past. The shootouts, no defense kind of games, things to that nature. I just don't see that happening. And I am 100% on board with the it's going to take a complete just no show on our on the offensive play calling not to not take advantage of a clear problem that this Baylor defense has they were giving up almost 200 yards a game with their star linebacker now they're going into a game game number 1 without their star linebacker and i don't i don't foresee that helping this defense or at least not right now just because you know as we all know what it's like to lose a starting linebacker and how that transition has been over collectively over a bunch of games for that replacement to start making a name for himself. So in that regard, knowing that we are kind of in this, they are in the same situation that we were early on in the year. I see their linebacking court taking a step, a regressing game. Um, so to speak, just because, you know, they haven't done it. This is a new group. Maybe those guys have seen some playing time there, but it is really hard to replace that guy. We know so well because we lost Rodriguez so early. So I, I just feel that Texas Tech is just going to do what Texas Tech needs to do. There's no – you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to – this is just one of those games – hey, we're going to come and run the ball down your throat, and then we're going to pass it a handful of times. If Barron has more than 20 um, passing attempts on this game, 20 to 25, I expect it to be a close game. If it's sub-25, I think it's it's Red Raiders by two scores plus, and then that's the side I'm leaning right now. I think it may be close early, like first and second quarter. DeRuder makes any adjustments needed at halftime. And then we do more on offense in the second half to come up, come out with a victory here. I have this game um, tech by 15, 35 to 20 on Saturday in Waco. Um, I just think that, you know, to your point, I mean, exactly what I would have said. You really have to do a whole lot of bad to lose this game you have to have the penalties you have to have the defensive brain farts you have to have a offensive coordinator who just wants to throw the ball all around the yard you know things like that um undisciplined you know just essentially like a repeat from last year that's how you lose this game you do what you did last year and this game and we're going to have the same kind of turnout but i don't think i don't think we're going to do that like i said I'm sure that bulletin board material has all been up there for them to see and what not to do. Um, and I just expect a huge game from our running back room with Taj leading the way with 25 plus carries and then Cam following him up with about 15 to 20 somewhere in there. And I just, I, I like the Red Raiders in this one, 35 to 20 will be your final score there in Waco, moving the tech, Texas Tech to two and one in big 12 play. 
coming home to a Kansas State um, Wildcat team the following weekend. So that's kind of where I feel that this tech, what this tech team will do in Waco, um, the large toilet seat to your point, that's exactly what it looks like. And I, I, I feel that we're going to do everything necessary to get that W there. McGuire's going to get his revenge back on his ex-team, get his revenge back on Aranda. And, but this time he's just going to do it on his old stomping grounds. And I'm, and I can't wait to see it. So that's kind of our episode for this evening against or our preview for the Baylor bears this Saturday. Um, my name again is Joe. I'm with Jack here. We're a part of the cotton club crew. The, the weekend's almost here, everybody. It's almost football time. I believe our Texas Tech women's soccer team is currently playing right now. So if you haven't tuned into that soccer team and watching the magical run those women are having this year, tune in. As soon as I'm done with this recording, I'm about to tune into that game and see, see them battle it out with, I believe, another top 10 ranked team in the uh, BYU Cougars. So go out and support all your Texas Tech athletics, especially the ones that are doing great but do them all collectively. But that soccer team, if you haven't taken notice, take notice now because they're doing amazing things. Coach Stone has got those, those women playing great. And it's great to see. It's, it's great to see other programs within a university succeed. That's all you want to see collectively as a whole. You just want to see everybody do well. Yes, national championships and, and things like that are great, but you just want to see everybody have success. And that's just that's just how that's how I personally feel. I'm sure Jack may feel the same sentiment whenever it comes to, you know, all of the other athletic sports in for Texas Tech University. Just go out and support them. They, the more support they get, the better they play. And, you know, like I said, you you want to reward that kind of stuff. They need our support. So go out and support them. Watch them on ESPN. Plus, I think that's where they're playing this evening. Um, but just go go take a watch because they, they are doing something special out there. So I am going to be signing off this evening with Jack. Jack, is there any last thoughts you have going into this weekend? Uh, no, let's just go win this game. Easier said than done, but let's, it's, it's pretty easy. You just go do what you're supposed to fucking do, and you're going to leave Waco with another W. End of story. Um, everybody have a great Friday rolling into Saturday. If you guys got high school football teams out there playing, good luck to all you high school uh, players out there that are playing tomorrow. And then we'll touch back with you guys on Saturday evening for a, a live reaction recap to the game with a W for this Texas Tech football team. My name is Joe, along with Jack, we are signing off. Have a great weekend, great rest of your evening, and wreck them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello there, this is Megan. I couldn't record with the guys as they were going, so I did mine separately. This is going to be a pretty quick little preview of the Texas Tech game with Baylor. So Texas Tech needs this win bad. Baylor needs this win bad. It's the butt bowl. This one could get weird. We're just hoping for our sake it does not. Texas Tech, of course, is coming off its victory over U of H. Baylor is coming off their massive comeback against UCF. Both teams need this one, folks. This is a huge moment in each team program season. Both have taken a lot of lumps. Both have bad losses on the resume. Both need to get this done. So, when we look at the matchup predictor for ESPN, it's Thursday night. I don't know if these adjustments have factored in all the stats yet, but it sits at 66% likely victory for Texas Tech. This game's in Waco. Um, I Hard to say what the crowd will look like. It should, theoretically. The projection is for it to be pretty pleasant by that time of day. Um, around 70, low 70s, high 60s. So it should be a pretty pleasant evening. The question comes down to how are Baylor fans feeling about their program at this point. There's a lot that not to love about what Baylor's doing under Aranda, but that big win might have sparked them. We'll see how the stadium fills out. I'm anticipating relatively low attended game, probably 75% occupancy. We'll find out. Now, what to expect out of Baylor? Uh, Baylor is not great throwing the ball. Um, they, they have not looked particularly good throwing the ball uh, this year, not that they've been just horrible offensively, but they're 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 just it, it's 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 a lot like Texas Tech in a lot of ways. They've leaned a lot on a balanced attack to generate yardage. Um, they have 270 yards per game through the air, 140 on the ground. Quarterback play has not been their strong point with for anything to note. And their last game was probably Shapen's best of the year. He was 21 for 34, 293 and one TD. Uh, Shapen's had some issues um and it'll be interesting to see how he does this for the rest of the year of course baron morton for texas tech was banged up against uh, houston and probably didn't get a ton of reps in practice shapen of course was hurt against texas state and comes back against ucf has a decent night if he's healthy their passing attack should improve but they have issues along the offensive line it's a pretty porous pass uh pass blocking offensive line the strength of Baylor is on the ground. I think that's similar for Texas Tech. I think their offensive line, like Tech, seems to run block better. The big question in this game is whose offensive line holds up, and the big question is what do the defenses do in pass rush? Um, that sounds like it's the same thing, but it's not, because you can have bad offensive line play, but if your pass rush still can't, is just not wreaking havoc, it's not going to matter. Texas Tech, of course, has struggled to generate much pass rush against Houston in the second half. We saw a bit more of it against a more porous Houston offensive line, but it's a question of pass rush in this game. I think if you get home, assuming Shapin is 100% and running that offense, you get home as early and often, they'll struggle. They will struggle. Now, for Texas Tech, the question is, can you keep Baron Morton upright? His shoulder is a question mark. Is it the health of that 
the quarterback position is a huge question mark in general. If he goes down and something happens to him, Strong has to step in. I'd have no idea what's going to happen to this season. And you're going to ride Taj Brooks and Cameron Valdez a tremendous amount in this game. Obviously, you're going to continue to do that. Baylor's going to ride their backs quite a bit. I, I, I think that for both teams to win, you got to have your backs in over 100 yards of care, over 100 yards total, averaging around five to six a carry. I think if you're in that spot, both these offenses feel the most comfortable. Both of these offenses will have a lot of success. Look, this is a tale of two pretty similar seasons: bad early losses, uh, squandered opportunity for a big win against the Pac-12. Baylor took Utah to the brink. Tech took Oregon to the brink. Both teams are coming off a win. I don't know who's better, UCF or Houston. I'd assume UCF is at least a little bit better. So probably a better win for the Baylor Bears and get that on the road. But Tech was comfortable beating Houston. So when you're looking at two seasons that have gone very similar and you're trying to decide who's going to win this game, it's tough to say for certain. I feel good about this game just because I think Baylor is not good in a lot of things. But the flip side of this is as I, I am homering this and assuming Tech is starting to play better. I think Tech has more talent in this game. I think Tech is is in better position to win this game, but it's on the road. It's going to be a tough contest. Like I said, uh, I, pass rush is key number one. You've got to get two to three sacks in this game. You have to get pressure on Shapin. You got to contain him too. Um, look, I, I I'm not saying Shapin's you know a rushing quarterback, but anybody can run with some of the lanes they've been leaving open this year on Tech side. You know, if you can just break the pocket and basically have ten yards, it don't matter how fast your quarterback is, he can get it. So Tech has to keep him in the pocket and has to beat him up. Um, for key number two, I think the biggest key is is feed the backs. If you can get your ground game going early in this one and put Baylor defensively on its heels, that's going to open up everything you want to do in the passing game. That's going to open up Baron Morton. It, and if his shoulder's feeling up to it, which by reports it's starting to feel better, he got more reps, I think he'll be able to open up the offense a little bit downfield. We can start to see what he's made of. We can start to see what this passing tax is going to look like, but you need to open it up in front of him first. Make sure he's facing favorable matchups. If teams feel like they can just drop seven or eight in the coverage because Tech isn't going to run the ball, you're going to be in trouble. Alternatively, if you're running with impunity and Baylor's forced to bring more into the box, you're going to have a good opportunity. Now, the third key to this game is is turnovers. Protect the football, number one, but number two, take it away. And this this key is random on the take it away. I, I'm a big, big proponent of take three and all that, but I've also been on record numerous times. Turnovers are largely random because it counts on somebody else making a mistake and then you being in position to take advantage of it. But the turnover battle in this game is going to be critical. I don't think Tech is going to run away with this game. I think it's going to be a tough contest. I think it's going to be a contest that sees both teams really fighting late into the third, fourth quarter before this is decided. This could be a last possession victory type of game. Could be an overtime type of game. The turnover battle is how this can get out of hand on either side. If you're down in this turnover margin, there's a chance Baylor could push you push you around like they did last year. If you remember last year, what buried Tech, despite the fact they played poorly all night, was turnovers. Really, that is what allowed Baylor to eventually break you in the fourth quarter, was just the inability to throw the ball without throwing a pick. So Baron Morton's got to protect the ball, and Tech has to take advantage of any openings Baylor gives to take the ball away. You do those three things, how am I feeling? I think Texas Tech wins this one, guys. You know, I, I think Tech is the better team. I think they are poised to actually turn around their season. They're the more likely team to be able to do it. But you got to prove it. This is a big prove-it game. You win this one, you get to 3-3 three and three in the Big 12. You got, I believe, Kansas State coming up after that. 
huge matchup there as well. Every Big 12 game is a big one. But you get past Baylor, you know, the Big 12 champion will have one loss. One of the participants in the Big 12 championship will have one loss, at least. I'd be stunned to see a perfect Big 12 champion. Texas being one that everyone's kind of highlighted. OU schedules particularly weak. If they get past Texas, they could do it. But I think that the conference is going to eat itself like it does every year, and that means the door will be open to a one-loss team. I'm not trying to set lofty expectations for Tech, and who, who doesn't deserve to have them set right now, but I'm just saying you can play for your goals still if you take care of business. Against Houston, that was the first game where I saw Tech not play down in this competition, especially in the second half when the defense woke up. They just hammered U of H. They were clearly the better team start to finish in that one. Special teams, defense, and offensively. So the trick is to sustain that, to not play down your competition, to rise above it, and pull out the big win. I'm taking Tech in this game. I think that Tech should win this one. And I'm not saying it's going to be comfortable, but I'm saying that it's going to be a game Tech should win. Probably decided in the fourth quarter, but it's going to be a two-score victory for the Red Raiders. Uh, let me let me say that right now that the odds for this game is Tech is a one-point favorite. I'm taking Tech. I'm taking Tech by 14. Give me a 42-28 victory for the Red Raiders. It's a primetime game on ESPN2. It's nighttime in Waco. It's the butt bowl. This could get weird. I'm just praying that this one stays comfortable for the Red Raiders, who desperately need this to be a nice, easy-breezy win, and especially to get some redemption for Joe McGuire. His staff got embarrassed last year. I mean, that that's, to be frank, that's the only way to say it. They got punched in the mouth by a team they should have known, and they got basically spanked. So this is a big motivation matchup for the staff. It's a big opportunity for the team to fix its season, to right the boat, and start getting moving forward down the line with bigger and better things down in your future. So, Reckham, I'm going to have this set up so it follows whatever the guys record tonight, this being Thursday. Give a listen. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be there with you Saturday at 7 on ESPN2.